Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, this is Joe Castellano from thesportsvirus.com. Welcome to the Inside China Basin San Francisco Giants baseball podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, featuring players like all-star catcher Buster Posey. It's about, you know, just going out and, and trying to have passion for the game that I've loved since I was a kid. Inside China Basin is brought to you by Sun First Solar, known for delivering solar excellence since 1984 and recently voted best solar company in Marin County. We're also brought to you by TPC Harding Park, the only public golf course in San Francisco offering golfers the opportunity to play where the pros play. Coming up, we're going to talk to former KMBR talk show host Ray Woodson. But first, I want to tell you about my favorite golf course, TPC Harding Park in San Francisco. It was an awesome PGA championship at TPC Harding Park in San Francisco, won by Colin Morikawa. We'll always remember the shot he hit on the 16th hole. And now the course is open to the public. And if you're a resident of San Francisco, visit TPC Harding Park and purchase your two-year resident card, giving you immediate savings on golf and other programs at the park. Cut your green fees in half by purchasing your card today. Visit www.tpc.com slash Harding Park for more information. We are going to talk about the possibility of the Giants being in the playoffs. The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now let's get to the conversation with Ray Woodson. Well, Ray, the San Francisco Giants got to the trade deadline, and I think there were a lot of expectations for fans. I mean, the team is sitting here in contention for a wild card spot. Uh, I'm not sure what fans were expecting as far as whether the Giants were going to be sellers or buyers or what they were going to do. But, in fact, the Giants basically made no moves. I mean, they got one player, and it was not a big name or anything like that. So uh, what's your take on uh, how the Giants come away from this? Are they losers, or uh, does it not matter that much? Because there weren't that many teams outside of the San Diego Padres that were super, super active on this trade deadline. Well, Joe, uh, the Giants adopted my motto, when in doubt, do nothing. Uh, sometimes <laughs> uh, you, you end up losing when you do nothing. Uh, sometimes you end up winning when you do nothing. But in a year like this, in a situation that the Giants find themselves in, in a situation that Major League Baseball finds itself in right now. Uh, I don't know if I really expected anything out of them on this trade deadline. I, I, I suppose, you, you know, Johnny Cueto deal was, was on the radar. They had to get something really tantalizing, and I think there were a lot of teams out there, the teams that would be in a position to be on there. Uh, a lot of them are already locked in playing. I think, you know, there's going to be a premium on starting pitching in the postseason, but it sounds like the offer, if there was one out there for a guy like Cueto or any of the other Giants tradable pieces, it just wasn't enough. And Farhan Zaidi and, and the uh, front office of the Giants 
had to have something that knocked their socks off. Otherwise, it wasn't worth it in, in a crazy year like this. I mean, look at all the variables that are out there. I mean, COVID-19 may end up being COVID-21. We don't know what the season's going to look like next year, much less this year. Uh, you know, they're moving along with the season, but there's still no guarantees. And the Asian Mariners had to postpone a series. Uh, it seems like this keeps popping up. You have teams that are not playing in front of fans, so there's some revenue losses there. That's definitely influencing how teams are looking at a trade deadline. And, you know, there's a premium on players that are under control financially right now. Uh, you've got uh, possible work stoppage on the horizon next year. You've got the longer postseason. You've got more teams that are in contention, but there's no home field advantage. Uh, so uh, on top of that, uh, there really wasn't a lot of stake out there, much less sizzle, uh, with a few exceptions. I mean, Mike Clevenger, Austin Nola, players like that, Starling Marte going to the Marlins. Uh, there are a few teams that definitely were active, Padres, Marlins, Reds, Indians, Blue Jays added three starting pitchers. Uh, so it, every team was handling this differently. Every team was looking at this differently. You look at the Reds, they're 15 and 19, but, hey, they're not out of it, and they definitely upgraded their team. Uh, so I think the Giants' case, it just wasn't a fit. And, yes, they, they like the way the team's playing lately. Have to be pleased with the offense certainly better than expected. The starting pitching is definitely coming around, but they've had some injuries, so that, that also added probably to the hesitation of trading a guy like Cueto. Uh, you know, they, they, they seem to be going in the right direction. They need some bullpen help, but they're still the waiver wire. They have guys who are very good at finding incremental improvements, and, and maybe they can do that for their bullpen. Uh, you know, they've gotten some good outings from Tyler Rogers and also from Tony Watson lately. And Watson was the one guy I thought maybe would be traded because there just isn't a whole lot of bullpen help out there. But sounds like uh, whatever the offers were, they just weren't enough. So it's a weird year. Uh, there are a lot of teams in contention. The postseason is different this year. There's a lot more variables to the postseason. So I think the Giants are kind of looking at it like, yeah, well, you know, if, if there was a good deal, we would have made it. There wasn't. We kind of like the team the way it's going. Uh, Getting to the postseason will be a bonus, and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm sure they tried to make deals, Ray. I mean, you look, last year Farhan was able to successfully move some uh, salary, some veteran relief pitchers. Uh, you know, he sent away Dyson and Melanson and Will Smith, and he got Mauricio Dubon. I mean, that was a nice pickup. I, I just don't think there was a Dubon out there as part of any deal because I'm sure – that Farhan tried pretty hard. I mean, instead he settles for Anthony Banda, and that's not something that's going to move mm-hmm. the needle in San Francisco. I mean, this is a guy who was designated for assignment by the Rays and has a career ERA close to six, so that's not a guy that, that fans are going to get uh, too excited about. But I don't blame Farhan. Like you said, I think the whole atmosphere surrounding this trade deadline was not conducive to making really good trades. No, no. Uh, the good talent that was available was probably too pricey. They said uh, teams were hesitant to give up prospects, players that are under control. Uh, there's still a question about whether you can finish the season. Hopefully that happens. Uh, and teams, by the way, can only trade from 60-man roster pools. So that kind of reduces the amount of available talent out there as well. Not as, not as many sellers. Uh, and, and like I said, many of the buyers are a postseason lock. Uh, 
looking at the waiver wire or DFA players, that's probably as good as a trade for the Giants at this point. And, and getting Banda was definitely a far-hand move. And I think they look at him as, you know, this is a guy who was a former top 100 prospect. Get him up to Sacramento. They, they might have seen some mechanical adjustments that he needs to make, and, and we'll see what happens. And, you know, those are very low risk and possible nice return deals for them. And, and again, they're hesitant to give up, and there wasn't a whole lot they had to give up in the first place. Uh, I'm sure other teams are looking at the Giants and saying, well, where's the sizzle? Where's the stake there? And, you know, outside of Johnny Cueto or Tony Watson, there wasn't a whole lot that you want to give up a lot for, and there are just a lot of teams out there that aren't in that mode where they're going to give up a whole lot right now. So I think uh, all that taken together, it's pretty logical that we ended up where we ended up with pretty much the same roster as before the trade deadline. There's probably more intrigue about former Giants that were on the move, like Derek Rodriguez went yeah. to the Tigers, claimed yeah. off waivers. Uh, Kevin Pillar goes from the Red Sox to the Rockies, so now the Giants will see him right away. Josh Osich now, a member of the Cubs. Uh, he's kind of revived his career a little bit. And Heath Hembry, who was with the Giants uh, a ways back, but he now goes to the Phillies from the Red Sox. So there were, there were former Giants that were moving around. It'll be interesting to see how they do. Yeah, amazing that Josh... Josh Osich has revived his career to the point where he actually became a trade piece. Yeah. Well, he gave up something to get him. And, you know, that's, that's testament to him making a bit of a comeback. And the fact that there are certain teams out there that definitely need bullpen help is just a matter of the right deal. The Pilar situation is kind of interesting because uh, he had made some comments uh, prior to the, the uh, trade deadline, some strange comments. You know, having to do with the, the protests last week, and he kind of had to walk that back. Uh, and so yeah, maybe he would have been traded anyway. These those guys who you know is a veteran player. He's not expensive. And, you know, it's a help to the Rockies. And you know, the probably have a great series against the Giants <laughs> this week. That's that's the way life is. And Heath Embry, who. Uh, I always go back to when he was uh, with the Red Sox uh, a few years ago uh, and how that turned out. But, you know, A's, if, if you just stick with it uh, as a pitcher, and, and, you know, the premium there is on, on arms, especially bullpen arms, uh, you make some changes and you can stay in this game. You just have to have the stick to uh, There's There's going to be a landing spot for you. And so you're happy for those guys that are still making their way through the major leagues. We'll continue with Ray Woodson right after this. Jones goes back, back near the wall, shading the sun, and he dropped it. He lost the ball in the sun. Let's put the sun to good use at home with a SunPower residential solar system. Your SunPower elite dealer, SunFirst Solar, has a wide range of financing options, and they provide the finest customer service from start to finish, regardless of size or scope. SunFirst Solar offers the highest efficiency systems, newest technology, and the best warranty in the world. SunFirst Solar offers the most competitive price, while not compromising on quality. This summer, let the sun heat your pool and eliminate your energy bill. Don't drop the ball. Call Sun First Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. And get your Sun Power solar system today. Let's talk about Joey Bart. Uh, you know, since you and I last talked, he 
came up to the Giants. Um, he has showed some flashes. Uh, definitely, you know that he has the power. He's a nice big target behind the plate. Uh, you know, he's not fully accomplished now as a catcher, but he'll get better. And he has not established that relationship you'd like to see yet with a guy like Johnny Cueto, so he's not catching him for right now. Uh, he seems to be swinging at a lot of pitches, uh, pitches out of the zone, yeah. maybe trying to do a little too much. Uh, opposing pitchers are trying to work him inside with a fastball. He's got to make that adjustment. A lot of adjustments to be made. He's trying to be ready to play in the major leagues, and he didn't get that time in the minor leagues that you'd like to see. But, you know, if you kept him at Sacramento, he's still not going to get that time because it's not like real games or isn't a minor league season. So I, I don't mind him being with the Giants as opposed to being uh, in Sacramento, just kind of waiting his turn. Uh, but at the same time, I think everybody needs to temper their expectation for Joey Bart. I think he's going to have a great career, but, you know, let the guy develop a little bit because uh, I think people are kind of ready to jump on him because he hasn't been hitting so well. What's been your thought on uh, how Bart has played so far? Well, it gets to a point with a top prospect that you want to see what you've got. You want to give him some playing time, especially this year when he can't really play in the minors. Uh, you know, there's only so much he can gain by staying in Sacramento. Uh, they wanted him to to develop, you know, certain skills and you know, fine tune some things. And then you want to see whether it's going to work or not. I mean, Buster Posey's coming back next year in all likelihood, and uh, you know, he's going to be the starting catcher at least for the start of the year. But you want to groom this guy long term. So part of that process is you got to throw him into the fire eventually. And so that's what they're doing right now. Uh, they've got to keep a couple of veteran catchers around. He's, he's having trouble making consistent contact, and I don't think anybody's surprised by that. It's just a matter of working through it, and this is you know, part of the development of a young player is getting through the fire and uh, becoming a better player and a more educated player. There's no doubt that when he makes contact, it is loud contact to all fields. He's got impressive power. But, you know, is he going to end up being a guy who's, going to be an everyday player is he going to be a Mike Zanino who's got a lot of power but you know doesn't develop with a good batting average uh you know I, I actually saw a scouting report a couple of years ago that brought up Mike Zanino and I gasped it's like well Mike Zanino had a has had a major league career but he's a bit bit frightening offensively he's not a guy you want to pluck in there every day he has trouble hitting 200 but he's got some power I tend to think Bart's going to be better than that uh you know, otherwise it's it's not going to be a real good draft pick for the Giants, but I think it's just going to take some time. He's a smart player. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely coachable. So I, I just think you've got to have him go out there and learn the hard way. Uh, you know, the, the question with a young player is, are you going to crush their confidence by throwing them into the fire and they fail? But baseball is as much about dealing with failure as anything else, and there's some point you've got to see how he responds. I think he'll respond okay. I think, you know, a year from now, we're going to look at a better hitter than we are now, but not a guy ready to take over from somebody like Buster Posey. And I think we saw right out of the gate, by the way, with the Giants this year, uh, how much Buster Posey meant to them. And a guy like Brandon Crawford, shortstop, every day means to them defensively because they were a mess in so many different ways. Uh, and, you know, you've got a whole different pitching staff here. You need a veteran catcher who can handle them. So even if Buster Posey doesn't hit like he used to, he was still a plus player behind the plate. And I think that's going to be the case next year, which I believe would be last year of his contract. 
Yeah, I mean, the thing about Posey is that, uh, you know, he doesn't have to pull out an index card. <laughs> Not that Bart is doing that, yeah. but other players are doing that around baseball, and I'm very critical of it. I just think it's funny uh, because you think about a guy like Buster Posey, he does his work beforehand. He does all his homework, and he knows the scouting report on every hitter, and he's able to call pitches mm-hmm. based on that. And that's the thing. Joey Bart doesn't have that kind of intel yet. I think he's a smart guy who will pick it up. But, it, but you know, the, the comparisons to Posey are difficult too he's got to be careful that he doesn't compare himself to Buster they're different players I mean yeah when Posey came up he's a guy who's going to hit the ball the other way a lot of line drives and not really try to hit the ball out of the ballpark where Bart a lot of times is going to and you kind of want him to he's got that kind of power to all fields that you kind of want him to try to hit the ball out of the ballpark so they're different guys they're going to be different catchers too and you know Buster Posey was already a very polished player when he came up to the major leagues, which was obvious with what he did in 2010, uh, you, you couldn't help but be impressed with his approach at the plate, his knowledge of opposing pitchers in that way uh, as well. Uh, you know, the guy is obviously very bright, and, you know, he does his homework, and he remembers that homework. So you don't have that institutional knowledge right now. Yet, you know, the Giants are, are making a season of it. Uh, you know, as weird as it is, as short as it is, uh, you know, it's set up for them to be contenders till the end. It, you know, my end of a mirror of last year when things were going great until August, and then they went into a nosedive. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen here, and we've only got one month to go. So uh, I, I think you're looking at the team now compared to the start of the year. They're, they're better. They could certainly use a guy like Posey right now, but they don't have him. So, uh, I think this is a perfect situation where I don't think the expectations for the team are real high, and the expectations for Bart, I think, eventually are pretty high. But right now, uh, I think people understand he's just starting in the major leagues. He's just learning a whole lot. I think it's a good situation for him to, to start on the learning curve. And, and no, he's not Buster Posey. I think I don't think he sees himself that way based on you know, my conversations with him in spring training last year. He just is who he is, and who he is might end up being pretty damn good. One month to go in this short season, and the Giants have been searching for a closer throughout the uh, first part of the season, the first half of it. And I tweeted out, Ray, that I think that Coonrod uh, – is the guy that I think that there's 101 reasons why you should make Coonrod the closer because he throws 101 miles an hour. I mean, that's where he's topped out at. Now, you know, you have to have the demeanor. You have to have the ability to command your fastball. And, you know, it seems like he's been able to do that lately. Now, why not just ride him out, see if he can do it, because they've been searching for a closer throughout this first part of the season, and they haven't figured one out. So I think Sam Coonrod's the guy. What do you think? Well, he sure looks like it right now, and the fact that he can go a couple days in a row and maintain that velocity, as well as the velocity with the sinker, which is around 90, uh, it's pretty impressive, and, you know, that's closer stuff. We'll find out is closer mentality. Uh, Is he going to get rattled? Uh, And, you know, so far, so good. I mean, the the biggest problem for Coonrod this year is, again, some of the comments he made uh, in regard to the protests and Black Lives Matter, but you know, he's entitled to his point of view. Uh, it's it may not be the view shared by in that clubhouse, but that's for them to work out. Uh, in the meantime, you don't hold that against them on the field as a, as a player. 
you know, his opinion is his opinion. It should be off the field. When he's on the field and while he's still here, let's see if he can contribute. And if his views aren't contributing to the you know, clubhouse discord, then that's that. Uh, you know, he, he, like I said, he's entitled to his opinion. I don't agree with it. But uh, in, in the meantime, he's, he's a ball player. He's on the team. They've dealt with it. And now he's pitching pretty well, and he's helping your team. So, so let him. Yeah, I think he'll be a good choice for it, but, you know, it remains to be seen. I mean, anybody else they've tried in there really hasn't worked out too well. I think Tyler Rogers. problem with him is that he can be deceiving for hitters, but if he misses and he's throwing 80 miles an hour, goodbye. I mean, it's just you can't miss yeah. over the middle of the plate with a pitch of that velocity. Well, yeah, that's it. And and if he doesn't have his command, it's it's bad as well. You know, even with somebody like a Coonrod, if, he, if he's off the plate, he'll get some – hitters to chase uh and tyler rogers when his game is on he has to be a little more pin as far as getting hitters to chase but yeah if he doesn't have his command he's going uh with coonrod uh you know if he has his command well he'll give up some walks <laughs> but uh, you don't want that either of course but i, th- I think if a pitcher is in a little bit of trouble but they still have the ability to get out of trouble with a 101 mile an hour fastball Uh, you want to ride that horse and see how far it goes. More with Ray Woodson in just a moment. We all know that solar systems make financial sense and environmental sense. And when it comes to choosing the best installation crew in the business, Sun First Solar should be your first choice. Sun First Solar has provided solar excellence since 1984. They are Sun Power Elite Commercial and Elite Residential Installers with a reputation for technical excellence, innovative design, Fair pricing, excellent customer service, and end-to-end quality and competence. SunFirst Solar is a family business devoted to treating their employees, customers, the community, and the environment with respect, and they are devoted to renewable energy and sustainability throughout the Bay Area. There is no roof or project that is too complicated. SunFirst has successfully installed solar on Spanish tile roofs, metal roofs, and very steep roofs. They also have extensive experience in solar ground mounts and solar pool heating. Competitive pricing, expert consultation, and the best warranty. Go local and get your Sun Power solar system from Sun First Solar today. Call Sun First Solar at 415-458-5870. That's 415-458-5870. All right, to finish up, I wanted to talk about the Brandons a little bit. I mean, you've seen that, you know, Hunter Pence is no longer with a team, and that was tough to swallow. Uh, you're losing a, you know, a real important part of a couple of World Series teams. I mean, Pablo Sandoval has sort of been hanging on by a thread, but the Brandons have come on strong. I mean, Brandon Belt's always been like that, where he has these hot streaks and you just can't get him out, and it looks like he's going to hit a home run, you know, every time he comes up there, or at least once or twice a game, he's going to hit a long fly ball that, that has a chance to go out. Uh, when I think about Brandon Crawford, he also gets streaky and I, you know, I, I don't know at the beginning of the year, I wondered if he had anything left and now he's swinging about well, and he's making some really good plays defensively. So, I mean, I guess Gabe Kapler is getting rewarded for keeping these guys going. I mean, I know he was going with a, you know, somewhat of a platoon with Brandon Crawford, but, uh, now it seems like he's, he realizes he's, he's got to play this guy. He's, he's going to make the defensive impact and he's been swinging it a lot better. Well, you saw the way they played defensively at the start of the year, and you realize, yeah, you've got to have Brandon Crawford out there. You don't worry about the hitting. 
Uh, he's not quite, he's maybe lost a half a step uh, in his range over the last three years, but he's still quite dependable and a smart player, and you need that in the middle of the diamond. And, of course, Belt, uh, very skilled at first base. So you needed all the help you could get on defense. And, and the bonus, of course, is Crawford, instead of playing sporadically when it's harder to get out of a slump, you know, he knows he's going to be in there every day. He's back to the mode he's been in for the last several years of his career. And so, yeah, he's going to have some down moments, and he had a down year last year, but you know that uh, he's a guy who's still got some pop in the bat, still a threat at the plate, and he gives you what he gives you on defense. But, yeah, he can be streaky. He's, he's going to always be what he is, a very selective hitter. He's going to take some called third strikes from time to time, but he's also going to draw some walks, and he's going to hit some hits for some power. Uh, I've never considered him a guy you'd want to plug in the middle of the lineup, but they have to this year, and he's, he's done okay. Uh, and for a short season, you're going to have these guys who they get on their streaks, and their value is increased because they, they fit in a good 20-game hot streak in a 60-game season. That'll work for you. you know. That'll help your season stats. And, of course, he got off. He, he was hurt at the start of the year, and he, he didn't get a lot of the passer. Now he's kind of coming into his own. Uh, you know, you, you'll expect him to slow down. You expect him to have some games where he's going to look lost. That just is who he is. He's a good complementary player. And, you know, you just hope the streak lasts long enough to, to get the Giants into the postseason and maybe he has something in the postseason like he did at Washington, D.C. on that game in 2014. Yeah, you know, it's funny, Ray. I don't think this is a great team, but if they get into the postseason and somehow, you know, let's say they're playing the Dodgers one seed versus eight seed, <laughs> they could win two games. I mean, they, you could throw Johnny Cueto and Kevin Gosman, and they could have two good yeah. performances, or even Logan Webb out there, and you could end up beating the Dodgers in the first round of the playoffs, which it, it seems crazy, but, you know, the way it's set up with just a best of three, there really isn't a home field advantage. There are no fans in the stands. The, the Giants yep. could do that. Any, any team right now, you know, could pull off a big upset. Yeah, and then you look at Clayton Kershaw's record in the postseason, and you look at the fact that the Giants have played the Dodgers tough this year. You know, I was one of the worries early on in all the games that have played against the Dodgers, who I still think are a clearly superior team, but they played them tough to their credit. So they definitely have a puncher's chance in a playoff series against the Dodgers. But again, you've got more playoff games this year if, if you happen to make it that far. So we'll get premium on starting pitching and bullpen. Uh, the Giants' starting pitching has been better of late. They, they don't have the depth they want because of injuries. They'd like to see some Archer and Smiley come back, but, uh, you know, the bullpen is clashing. That was something people were a little concerned about at the start of the year, but you looked at the variety of live arms they had, and you figured you could find something out of that bunch, and I think that's what September is going to be about. Uh, they're a better ball club than I, than I thought they looked like at the start of the year. They're not great. But you don't have to be great to be in the postseason this year. So they got that going for them, Joe, which is, which is nice. <laughs> Can Posey opt back in for the postseason? <laughs> <laughs> that, I, don't, I don't know what the rules on that were. Buster may just say, oh, okay, well, um, we're, we're all set up now. <laughs> you guys need me, here I am. The problem is the travel. Yeah. You know, and I, I've said from the start about baseball versus the NBA and the way they've handled the bubble. And, you know, the NBA does a good job with that. And players are getting tired of being in the bubble down there. But, you know, the, the, the good news is they haven't had to deal with COVID. Uh, in baseball, I think you're going to 
constantly have these situations pop up like you just had this week with the A's and the Mariners, where as you just increase contacts with people, uh, you're going to have the situation where you have to miss a series or three or four series. And now look at the Marlins, Joe. I mean, because of all the in the year, look at the double headers they got to play in September. I think they got like 42 games in 20 days, something like that. <laughs> I, I may be exaggerating a bit, just a, just a tad, but they got a ton of games to make up in the last month of the year, and that's really going to tax their their pitching staff as well. Uh, it's all been uncharted territory. I hope they can finish the. I hope they can get to the postseason, and that we can get fans back next year, and that it's safe enough to do so. But in the meantime, I just don't count on anything. And I think uh, getting back to circling back to what we were talking about at the start of the podcast, that's why a lot of teams weren't uh, really eager to make trades this time around. There's just so much unknown, including whether they will actually be able to finish the season. It's looking better now than it did a month ago. I'll put, I'll put it that way. Yeah. Well, Ray, uh, thanks so much for doing this. Uh, multitasking, by the way, folks, because Ray was taking care of a cat while doing this podcast, yeah. kind of like the Giants who have nine lives this year as far as making the po- uh, postseason. Uh, you've, got, you know, you've got your nine lives uh, action going on there in Arizona. Well, this particular cat is 18 and a half, so she's alive. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, she's luckily cooperative. She hasn't moved inch since I did this podcast, so uh, <laughs> I want to thank Lacey for that. Good looking at That's former KMBR talk show host Ray Woodson. Join us again next week for another edition of Inside China Basin from the sportsvirus.com on the Believe Podcast Network. For now, I'm Joe Castellano. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.